What's up, Gumbo listeners? Demetrius Malbro here with another Data Protection Gumbo episode. And this one is titled Protecting Data in the Cloud, COVID Edition. And uh, to drop some knowledge for us today, I have on Pawel Matska, Chief Technology Officer and Vice President at Storeware. And he's also CEO at SocialCube. So he's an avid entrepreneur. He's addicted to storage and data protection solutions. And he's 80% visionary and 20% geek. So get ready to geek out, all right? So he will be giving us his philosophy on the importance of protecting data in the midst of the pandemic. Also, how to protect your Office 365 data, a little bit on ransomware, and also some nuggets on open source hypervisors. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, Demetrius. So thank you to, you know, getting getting me on the gambo. I'm feeling quite good. We have a beautiful weather in Poland these days. It's roughly about 30, 30 degree. So glad that I'm sitting at home. Yeah, not outside. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, fantastic. It's it's been crazy rain and, and storms here in, in, in the Atlanta area. So you never know what you're going to get every day has uh, some type of uh, thunderstorm. So glad to hear you have some great weather. Great. So let's start with, uh, I guess, COVID-19, which is on everyone's lips these days. So since we're still in the midst of COVID-19, how have you seen data protection and the backup and recovery industry shift as a result of the pandemic? You know, what I see when we, you know, hitting the all of the COVID, IT actually, in my opinion, of course, it's, it's a personal statement at the Metrius, uh, is that we, from the data protection perspective, we've seen that data, data is, is our, you know, uh, is our energy, our oil, 21st, 21st you know, century oil. So I believe it doesn't change drastically. Most of the backup and recovery vendors, so the data protection vendors, see the steady growth in in this area so i don't see any revolution okay uh, for sure maybe one maybe one uh, thing that let, there is a little bit more traction and the information regarding the endpoint the data protection because most of the, uh, most of us are right now working at home so more and more businesses are started to asking the questions okay what what about our data on the endpoints what if we do not properly sharing the data and we don't using the shared um, shared disk like you know box on the one drive or the others so how to cope with the you know remote endpoint data protection so what i've seen uh, definitely it's we raised many times a question regarding the endpoints, but about the rest, about the data center infrastructure in the cloud, I've seen not significant changes during the COVID. Okay, so not not many changes on your end, but we, we're definitely in in my conversations just on the podcast alone. I've I've heard things that workers and things are getting a little out of control from a like a virtual desktop infrastructure perspective, you know, that's exploding. Also, uh, some things are, you know, system administrators, you know, they're really afraid right now because uh, a lot of people have been laid off, uh, backup administrators included. 
And there's a lot of individuals out of work right now. So we can we can talk a little more about that later on. But one thing that I, I really want to know is uh, Storeware vProtect. Um, I know it's for backing up and recovering VMs and containers and also cloud environments. But, you know, what makes it different from all other backup products on the market right now? Regarding the vProtect Demetrius, thank you for this question. So let's start and briefly discuss um, my vision when I, you know, built the products uh, r- roughly five years ago. So we decided, okay, um, because... You, you can find plenty of the dip, different platforms uh, which are helping to protect uh, the virtual environments, uh, virtual machines. But we, we started with the vision, okay, let's build the platform that will give the freedom of choice from the numbers of the supported hypervisors. And we right now, one of the, actually two vendors, who are supporting so much variety of the different hypervisor platforms, starting from the KVM-based, Zen-based, Hyper-V, and the VMware. So we supporting four different um, virtualization engines and more than ten different uh, ten different uh, distribution uh, based on this hypervisor engines. Okay. So imagine that uh, there is only Convolt and we that we have so wide range of this this kind of the supported hypervisors platforms. Mm-hmm. But we saying okay, it's not only about the sources what we can protect, but let's give this freedom of choice to the number of the different backup destination that we can provide. And we d- distinguish three different ways where we can store the data. First one, first one is obvious is a file system. So we do, doing, you know, we storing the data on a different file system, you know, appliances, virtual appliances, or the the duplication appliances. So everything what what can be visible from the uh, operating system point of view as a mount uh, as a mount mounted file system. Then we have object storage, and we do mm-hmm. we do support it right now all of the different flavors of the object storage, starting from the AWS S3 and all of the S3 compatible storages like IBM Cloud, Oracle Cloud, etc. Uh, but also we're doing the OpenStack Swift protocol, Ceph, uh, and the Azure Blob storage. So any any fla- any flavor of the object storage is actually supported. Uh, so you can um, store your backups uh, here. And the third one, it's quite um, different approach than the whole market did. Uh, vProtect can, can work as a fully independent backup vendor, but we can also work as a proxy uh, virtual, let's say, machine or virtual appliance to the other backup vendor providers. Hmm. So we integrate with the Dell EMC, uh, Technology Shop, IBM, Spectrum Protect. Uh, in the Dell EMC, we have a networker and the Avamar integration data domain. In IBM, we have a Spectrum Protect portfolio integration mm-hmm. natively by the API, and we have an integration with the Veritas. Because we noticed that most of the, you know, let's let's call it uh, big five vendors, uh, which has the legacy data protection platforms available from the last 25 years or even more on the market, they don't have this kind of the capability and the supporting for we call it as a store open virtual machines. So any hypervisor distribution besides um, VMware and a Hyper-V. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I really like that. I think that's a, a smart approach to take 
to integrate with some of the other, you know, leaders out there uh, in the backup and recovery market. Um, I think that's very important. So it's given us a brilliant opportunity because our customers or the partners saying, okay, I don't need to go and replace mm, the existing backup shop. I can give the great add-on to allow you know, my customers uh, um, to work in and take in the new workloads that this kind of the uh, enterprise backup provider doesn't support these days. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. So since you are on the gumbo, as you may or may not know, I like to jump around and cover multiple topics. So Go on. Let's talk. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about. It's your show. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about protecting data in the cloud, and one in particular that I I have not spoken about with any other guest uh, for season three is like email, right? So Office three six five and OneDrive and Exchange. So data in application operating systems like in the cloud are really much much more susceptible to things like human mistakes and you know accidental deletion or even things like malware or ransomware attacks. What are some of the most important things Gumbo listeners need to be concerned about when protecting data in the cloud like O365 data? Okay. So First of all, you, you need to you need to know that still many of the enterprises customers they don't see the need of protecting the Office 365. Um, I don't know why. Maybe okay. because they, this 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 is a little misunderstanding because they always Microsoft Microsoft do care about the giving you the high availability of the data, but they don't uh, respond. A and they clearly saying we don't maybe don't care but it's your responsibility as an administrator mm -hmm. as an enterprise to get the compliance to get the option to properly protect by the third-party platforms um, so even the recommendation from the microsoft is saying use the third-party platforms to take your data outside to the office 5 cloud actually from the azure to to the on-prem or to the other cloud uh, so there are a few few reasons why we should uh, why we should think about the proper data protection here the first reason is the compliance keep in mind that mm -hmm. by default microsoft doesn't give you let's say the long term uh, retention to storing storing your backups or even doing the archives so building the separate option to to keep your backup so definitely from the compliance point of view governance point of view it's good to have the separate uh, backup backup for your office 65 so this is the first and one of one of the key points that we should we should consider then the easy easy of the data restoration so uh, because if we would like to keep the data for longer terms uh, like you know the exchange the individual emails um, we, uh, let's 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 keep it simple and you know I've seen many cases where you know going through the Microsoft support is is the not not the best way and the fastest way to gather this kind of of the data. Yeah. Uh, because if you would like to recover from the longer time, you need to go through many times through the you know grab the ticket and go through the Microsoft support. Next one, of course, is to uh, next reason that I'm all many times speak speak with the customers. Mm -hmm. Um, is is the you know three to one rule so like i said always keep um, do not keep your backups in the same uh physical 
location. So Microsoft doing the job rep, rep, replication, but imagine that what if uh, somebody forget to, to pay subscription on what if your Microsoft Office 65 won't be available for the next next week, for example. And everybody knows that, you know, this is in most cases, the, the email is the heart of the, uh, the, the heart of the organization. So even option to migrate this data on get the availability of this data outside the Microsoft ecosystem is much more, more it's really appreciated from the customer side. I've seen, I've seen two ways where the customer is going. They choosing the cloud to cloud approach. Uh, but also there is a movement to to get cloud to on-prem. Mm, okay. uh, I don't know how you see it and what would be your pick if if you would like to protect your Office 65 on-prem or cloud, Demetrius? What do you think? What would what would, would would be your personal approach? Well, my personal approach would would definitely be in the cloud, but. Since you are talking backup, I would like to protect it. Uh, I would like to have it in multiple locations and make make sure that it's redundant. And there's multiple copies of it. So that's the only thing I care about is making sure that I have more than one way of being able to access that data whenever I need it, you know, during that recovery point, right? Exactly. So my guess is also going to the cloud because... That's why we decided to, you know, going from on-prem to the subscription model in Microsoft that we don't want to care about all of the data availability, et cetera. Uh, so definitely I see mm-hmm. more this approach that the customers will go much more into cloud-to-cloud approach, not cloud-to-on-prem. But of course, um, most of the backup vendors, they should they should have both, both options. Right, okay. Uh, of course... We need to have we need to have um, also in mind that there is uh, internal security threats, but also the external security threats uh, regarding all of the you know ransomware malware. This is what you said, and and again mm-hmm. get the copy outside, and you know build the um, the air gap between between accessing the data. Uh, it's the crucial thing if we're talking about the data protection. And of course, more and more we've seen that customers, much more enterprises, they don't fully go from the typical exchange into the Office 65. In the meantime, they have a hybrid um, deployments. So we need to also be, you know, keep in mind that we should look in for the solution that will cope with both, you know, exchange exchange online and the exchange as a one solution to provide the fully supporting protection for this kind of the environments. But I'm but in most cases we are hitting the user error and accidental deletion, security threats, and the retention policy. So this is let's say this reason why we should consider the Office 65 backup. And personally, for me, like I said, keep keep this data outside. I'm not saying that the Azure is is not the best place to to keep your data, mm-hmm. but you know the as as you exactly know the old school backup um, uh, rule is to always try to keep your data outside your data center or the cloud. It's in the end it, we're talking about the same. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You so you, so you mentioned and you brought up security, cybersecurity. You mentioned ransomware. Um, what what do you recommend for Gumbo listeners that 
may be concerned with protecting their data from ransomware. Do you also have any interesting stories of recovering from ransomware? Do you have any? I have, but in mo- you know that in most cases, customers doesn't like to talk about it. <laughs> uh, okay. Because the, the, worst, the worst case regarding the ransomware is that nobody, you know, uh, none of the customers is... Mm, they do not take it seriously uh, before they get hit. But I have two stories. I, of course, I will not say. Okay. say let's let's take one sure. of the Polish customer, the whole big media company, roughly about um, two thousand uh, users. Uh, mm-hmm. dur- during the weekend, they they got they got the ransomware attacks. So imagine that they they use the one one drive to you know to exchange the, all of the information with, with the company and one of the employees of course downloaded the attachments opened the attachment you know ex- execute the ransomware so in an hour and a half they had they had an issue that you know ransomware encrypt roughly about um, 80 85% of all of the laptops and remote workers wow. And it was a four days recovery process that they hired roughly about 35 people from the field to help them just to, re- you know, going from the scratch. So reinstall all of the platforms, uh, the systems, you know, manually, unfortunately, and, you know, taking the, the, the backups from, from most, most of the, not only OneDrive, but also from the local drive, because still there is there is a, and I'm talking many times with a huge number of the customers and the partners. There is a still misunderstanding that the people thinks, okay, if we have a remote workers, uh, but we using the you know file servers or the NFS sharing or you know Active Directory uh, file servers or the OneDrive, so we we don't we don't we don't need to care about the local you know disk. Mm-hmm. But we we noticed that more than still more than fifty percent of the data it's keeping on the local storages, and you know that the behaviors and the way how we work on our laptops, it's you know using the desktops for example, it's much more uh, stronger, and our behavior is much more stronger to keep everything on a desktop. Then we're thinking about okay, where to move this data. Right. So yeah, the ransomware again exposed the way how the people working and how the IT need to manage with the ransomware attacks but unfortunately in this in this case most of the recovery point was doing by manual manually build build the images from the scratch and then using the backup platform to recover uh, the data wow well, it wasn't wasn't 100% you know success uh, there were some cases that customer couldn't restore the data, but like I said, I believe that there are thousands of the different stories like this. But companies doesn't they don't want to expose it because it's not the best from the PR perspective. Yeah, that it's it's definitely a Herculean effort to recover from ransomware, especially if you are not already prepared for it and you have either a solution or multiple solutions that, you know, that that's one of their specialties to number one, identify uh, if your backup data has changed drastic, drastically from the previous percent of change. 
uh, like some type of uh, AI or machine learning heuristics that can determine that and alert you. Um, I think that that's also one key thing as well. But rolling on to the uh, back to COVID-19 and, and some of the backup and recovery administrators and storage administrators that are out of work right now, what, what advice would you have for them right now in, in this job market? Because I've heard from at least about five people. I was on the phone with the gentleman yesterday and he was laid off from his position. He was a storage administrator. He was also really deep in TSM, IBM Spectrum Protect. And he also moved over to uh, the Unix team as well to help out. And now he's you know, out of a job and he's a little bit concerned because there's so many people out there looking for jobs. And now all of the skills that he accumulated are not the skills that are really in demand or on demand right now. Because if you don't have like AWS and Azure and GCP, those cloud cloudy skills and some of the newer things like containers and maybe some automation in there, DevOps and uh, infrastructure as code, some of the later trending topics in IT, then you're definitely, you know, you may be left behind a little bit. It may be a little more challenging for you to get a job. So what what advice do you have for storage and backup administrators out of work right now? It's a definitely tough scenario where they are right now. So, you know, keeping the open positions, looking forward. The world is changing so drastically. It's not only about, uh, you know, regarding the COVID, but like you said, there are some still hot topics like, like cloud, uh, all of the DevOps movement that the good, you know, old school skills are not so, you know, um, pr- priced well as it, it was used, used to be. So what I'm, what I'm, what I'm suggesting is, uh, do, maybe do not do not force to look in totally new open uh, opportunity with the new technology. Try to find the balance and you know find the find find the companies which still use like, like you, you mentioned the Spectrum Protect customers. Uh, it, it's still huge numbers of uh, the end users that are using the technology, but even those customers are moving into the new workloads and even new platform like Spectrum Protect Plus from the IBM from the IBM shop. Um, but I'm suggesting that this storage admins can be a, a good option for all of the partners. So maybe do not only seeking for the, if you were working in the end user, uh, try to open and try to speak with the vendors, try to speak with the distribution or the partners channel because they looking uh, in most, this is what I'm saying, it's really hard from the vendor perspective or the partner perspective. I was also a reseller. I was working in IBM. Mm, it's really hard to find, let's say, the old good school uh, people that they understand, the, you know, understand the storage and the backups uh, you know, from the from the legacy perspective, like you know, Unix, AIX approach. So all of the all of the learnings that they they had in the future in the past, they c- could be brilliantly used by these um, partners or resellers by giving a time to learning and new things. So definitely go and approach the distribution uh, distributors that they have, for example, IBM in their portfolio, and start to seeking for the partners that they um, they 
they selling and they you know supporting this kind of the environments do not only fix on the end uh, on the end customer side and i know it's not really easy because being the system administrator is a little bit different uh, option than to be a consultant on the specialist and starting working with the other customers uh but i i but i believe it's one of the way where where you should go and uh look look in the opportunities uh, and also try to um, use the social media do not afraid of promoting that you are open to this kind of discussion on or find uh, proper people uh, people uh, from that using this this kind of technology to promote them or to start the conversation or even you know um, saying to the other friends hey there is a people looking for this kind of the opportunity but of course do not because uh, of the covid and because of the weird and difficult situation try to show even you know your good to do not start the conversation with the money but start the conversation what you can give uh, as an add-on and what your skill set are uh, to help the other companies to achieve their goals but i believe to summarize the partners and the resellers are the best the best option to start the conversation with okay great yeah i think that's that's great advice and you mentioned uh, social media so i guess this rolls into the other aspect of 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 what you do um can you explain what the what the social cube is and how it would help gumbo listeners yeah this this is quite uh, funny and the weird story because i i am you know i'm it gig and I'm one of the founders of Stalwar and all the time, you know, doing the backup and rec- I'm working the backup and recovery uh, since last 15 years. I guess it started in IBM right now doing for my own. Mm, but Social Cube is, is the way how, how I actually moved from the typical CTO uh, into, the, into the, the person that understood that without a uh, proper social presence uh, you cannot build your business you cannot build your own personal branding and you cannot move forward uh, by just you know skipping skipping this kind of the opportunities so social cube in a short is the way how we this is a social selling agency that we help in the individuals or the other in most cases it um, customers to go through the digital transformation to starting to selling through uh, the social media like LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, mm-hmm. and the other social media, maybe not directly selling, but help them to achieve the goals by you know, building the channels, building the awareness, awareness through the social media. Because what I noticed, this is actually the story of the store, uh, we started as a three persons, you know, in 2015. Mm-hmm. So you, you have an idea and let's, let's say that you have a, the best idea in the world and you're saying, okay, this idea and this, this product uh, will work. But even if you have the best, no, uh, the best seed and the best people that they can do some things, if the market will not, not know what you are doing and why you are doing, 
you still mm-hmm. you know you cannot you cannot grow you cannot you know share your best knowledge your best practices or even your individual thoughts just you know using the old school methods like email newsletters or the phones right uh, yeah. so this is also the uh, information to the all of the sysadmins or the all of the companies uh, which they're looking for the new opportunities start using the social media but not only as a growth hacking method or reading the uh, few articles about it but try to look in for the proper agency which helps you to you know go through this transformation and make your b2b sales uh, in a proper way uh, i do personal i do um, i do always recommend the linkedin this is my favorite social media i'm not the, i'm not a believer that you should go into the facebook or tiktok no worries about it <laughs> mm-hmm. but let's let's look for the more let's say professional networks uh, and and i know it's working because we we grew um, from the local market in uh, Poland, Europe. Right now, we have a presence in more than 60, 60 countries uh, based on our software. And uh, we started from the niche, so like KVM and the Zen Backup. And nobody, nobody was actually cared about it. Nobody even mentioned that there is a need to, to it. And believe me, without the social media presence, without the proper digital strategy, be, uh, without you know involving myself into this process to be a social media advocate to be let's say the the mouth and uh, um, to speaking about what we're doing we couldn't achieve achieve these numbers and we couldn't achieve to build in the partners and the distribution worldwide right well, de- definitely congratulations on the success that you've achieved on the social cube and storeware, et cetera. So I, I think that, you know, it's phenomenal that you can start something from scratch and build upon it. And it's also a platform that individuals can use to, you know, personal brand themselves and, you know, really understand what their skills are and, and do some promotion as well. So I think that's fantastic, um, Powell. Moving into the final closing gumbo question and it is one that i ask everyone at the end of the episode um and i truly love hearing all the different diverse answers so here goes the question go on what makes you so frustrated that you would consider standing in front of a data center and protesting about it what makes me so frustrated about the data center well anything that's inside the data center or Dealing with technology, yeah. Okay, oh, this is a good question. <laughs> Just get, 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 give me a few <laughs> seconds to think about it. Yeah, sure. T- take your time. Take your time. Okay, but my personal statement, not as a vendor, not as a as a Pavel Monchka IT guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so few things. First thing, why it's so heavy? <laughs> why you need so many hardware to? <laughs> To cope w- w- with with the technology, uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm always frustrated how, why we sh- why the let's say hardware cycle uh, is is so fast that we need to replace the the hardware in every three five years. Uh, I don't like this approach that you know Bill Gates could write the the first operating system based on the 
64 kilobytes of the memory. Right now, nobody cares about uh, the infrastructure. They just, you know, write in a code. And if you need add or need more than one terabyte, you just, you know, send in the proper information to your the infrastructure guys. So what I what I what I don't like is that we do not care about uh, the proper resources, and it's 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 whole way you know problem about the you know from the development perspective, but we do not we do not thinking about to you know use it in an efficient way. Um, so we are quite aggressive here. So that's why we 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 bind tons of the different hardware that they should cope. With the with the platforms um, and the application in the end, and uh, the next the next part is um, what is frustrated is about the data center is um, we always um, we always um, based of the human mistakes yeah so whatever we'll do on the infrastructure level whatever we will do on a network and the availability the backups in the in the end we will be cope with the human error and this is also the the way how we always should think about the data protection platforms because in the end in most cases we as a humans doing the mistakes we as a humans we need to issue with the business continue continuity part so if we have a bigger and bigger data center um, our pro- problems and the probability of making the uh, the issue or the human error will be bigger, uh, etc. So I think the first one is the infrastructure. The second one is the uh, is the human factor that uh, is even you know um, more is more challenging than than the infrastructure itself. Got it. So the bigger the data center, the the bigger the problem. Sounds like it with with anything in life, right? So I really, really appreciate having you on on the gumbo. You you have a very interesting perspective, and I I know for a fact that the listeners will definitely gain some insight from what you've shared here. So I appreciate you coming on the gumbo, and you have a fantastic week, Powell. Thank you. Thank you, Demetrius. So thank you, all of the listeners, followers. So if you will have any more questions, do not hesitate to catch me on the LinkedIn or the other social media, like I said. Um, if, um, if you're looking for any advice in the data protection area also, uh, I'm quite active here, so do not hesitate to contact me directly. And Demetrius, thank you for inviting me on the Gumbo. It was a pleasure to spend the time with you. Have a great day and also weekend. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.